add a bit of sunshine to your home with Easy Living Furniture's Garden Furniture Sale with stunning dining sets, cracking egg chairs and relaxing sun loungers that are in stock and ready for delivery there really is something for everyone and with an extra 10% off sale prices and free delivery over 399 now really is the time to let your garden shine Garden Sale now on Visit Easy Living Furniture Don't miss out Find your local store online at easylivingfurniture.ie Leia Healthcare It's good to live Proud sponsor of The Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry Hello and welcome to the latest episode of The Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Healthcare with me, Carl Henry. Folks, I hope you're having a wonderful day. Um, some of our most popular episodes are with experts in their fields, with advice on nutrition, of strength and conditioning, and just general, general expertise and picking their brains for top tips that you can use in terms of your health. And today I'm delighted to say it's one of those episodes. I'm going to focus on nutrition and fitness with an expert who also happens to be an inter-county player. I'm delighted to be joined by Mayo's Evan Regan. He's a BSc in Health Science and Physiology and an MSc in Sports and Exercise Nutrition. And I'm really, really delighted to have him here. He's joining me in studio on the Real Health Podcast. Evan, you're very, very welcome. Thanks, Million. Thanks for having me. I want to talk on food. Obviously, that's your area yeah. of expertise. That's what you do as a business. Um, and I want to have a look at how important it's become in the modern day GAA um, as an intercounty player and 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 county, you know, county and club level across the country, food nutrition has become a crucial component that I suppose in the past was probably overlooked, but now is absolutely crucial in terms of, of performance. Yeah, like I suppose the difference between now and my first year with Mayo back in two thousand twelve is is massive. Do you know, um, like back then it was really just seemed to be all about S and C was was coming in really strong at that time. Um, growing everywhere and now it's I suppose it's involved like there's S&C coaches both at club county level you know it's common now at this stage but back then there was that was the main focus and there wasn't as much you know nutrition available to players you know maybe you might have the odd talk here and there from a nutritionist but it definitely wasn't something that was being pushed and it, only really in the last couple of years it's, it's really starting to grow Um I think Every nearly every county team definitely has a nutritionist with them at this stage, and there's more and more nutritionists getting involved at club level as well and underage level, which is great to see. And I think it'll definitely have a knock-on effect, you know, outside of the GA community, but definitely, you know, in people's personal lives and have a really, really, really positive impact that way. And do you find there's a massive demand for knowledge? Are your players coming to you looking for knowledge, or is it, or is it the other yeah. way around? You kind of forcing your knowledge on them? Not really. I think. Because the players and the management are starting to really buy into how important it is, and you know they probably realised that the, you know they weren't really looking at it as carefully as they probably should have been over the last few years. So yeah, if a lot of players come come and ask me questions, you know, text messages coming in at all hours saying should I eat this or should I eat that or what's this like, um, but yes, which is brilliant because it just drives the standards. Like you know, when especially like you know being involved with Mayo and when you're constantly looking for ways to improve, you know, and you have lads coming to you asking these sort of questions, it really just drives the standards and it comes back to the accountability, which is, is just so important. Like, I think when you turn up to training or for anybody, even if you're not a GA player, for anybody turning up to training or going to the gym or going to a fitness class, it's, it's easy in a way because when you're there, you're accountable to the coaches, you're accountable to the players, the eyes are on you, you turn up, you work hard and you go home. But... 
nutrition, it's just, it's I, I arguably the hardest thing to get right because it's you're by yourself. You know, you've nobody holding your hand, you've nobody looking over your shoulder. And, you know, you might train three, four, five nights a week, but you're eating three, four, five times a day. So to get that side of things right is just so, so important. And is there a big difference between on-season and off-season in terms of the food that people are eating? <laughs> I think there probably is, but there shouldn't really be. <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, definitely, I think, you know, there probably is a small bit different. But you need to be, for me personally, anyway, I, I'd be much more conscious of what I'd be eating in the off-season because just because the training load isn't as high as it is, you know, from majority of the year. So you just have to be that bit more careful. And, you know, you don't want to be coming back into to pre-season training out of shape because it just makes what's already difficult uh, 10 times harder. So, um, And, you know, would you give targets to players in the off-season in terms of either weight targets of, you know, not to go above a certain weight and, or, 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 or is it that specific? Or do you say, listen, go off and enjoy yourselves for a couple of weeks or a couple of months? There'd be a bit of both. I think there has to be an element of, you know, go away and go on holidays and, and enjoy yourself and maybe do things that you, you can't afford to do during during the season. But at the same time, you kind of have to be, you know, you have to be aware of, of where you're at. As I said, you can't really afford to come back in out of shape. So it's something to keep in the back of your mind, but not to really have a massive impact on your decision making either. Like, um, I suppose the thing I'd promote with, with athletes or anybody I work with is just better decisions, you know, all around. It doesn't have to be too specific. I try to keep it as general as I can. Um, using household measurements, things like that, just very simple and easy to follow. But there is elements of flexibility in it. But it really just comes back to what can you do consistently? You know, what are the few things you can do every day that are consistent? You know, they're going to lead to bigger results and lead to, you know, athletes or just a general person reaching their goal. Okay, so it's it's sm it's small decisions on a daily basis that build mm. up to 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 an, an overall better uh, attitude to to to, to food. Um, I want to have a look at a typical example of an intercounty player's daily food intake. Mm. Uh, we've done episodes with Brian O'Driscoll, Johnny Sexton, and we've quizzed them on this as well in terms of you know what are you eating. We're in with the Leinster strength and conditioning team and dietitians as well, so you know what's a normal day. So for an intercounty player, what's an average day at you know at the higher end of training? So say for yourself or, the, or some of the Mayo mm. team over the course of the last couple of weeks, what are they eating? Like there's nothing really too high tech about it. You know, it's kind of the same general foods, but. It's really just we focus on the time and, and the, the portion size really and depends. A lot depends on the, the days. So whether it's a training day or a match day or if you're coming up to coming up to a really important game and or, you know, even things change so, so drastically over the last few weeks with the Super 8s and all around semifinals and, and stuff like that. So there's the quick turnarounds really, um, you know, that really decides how much you're going to be eating and what you're going to be eating. But if typically, like for breakfast, you'd be talking a good source of protein is something we'd aim for at each meal and okay. snack. That's yep. something just a very simple target straight away. Um, besides that, then you're looking at pre-training. It would be your complex carbohydrates such as, you know, sweet potato, brown rice, brown pasta, brown bread even. Um, you know, your oats for breakfast. You're slower releasing carbohydrates before training, whereas you can you can afford to maybe include your white options after Post. training. Okay. Yeah. They'd be the two simple things, really just looking at the timing. Um, so you're talking three hours, yeah, roughly three hours to four for some people um, before training. And then we'd eat soon after training anyway. But for the general population, you'll be looking at, you know, it, it, it is beneficial to um, to eat as close as you can to when you finish training. Mm -hmm. But 
in that two hour window after training is is perfect. But it really just comes down to those two things, the your carbohydrate intake and hitting your protein target. You bring me on to my next question. Good man. Mm. Protein targets. W- roughly what what's it'll depend on size and position, presumably, but yeah. vaguely spectrum? You'd be talking like minimum one point five grams per kg of body yeah. weight. Um that can go up to two point five, do you know? So That's a lot of eating. Yeah, yeah it's a lot of food, <laughs> all right. Yeah, yeah. But um yeah, and it's something that I don't really tend to recommend numbers as much. You know, I think, you know, 1.5 grams per kg can sound very confusing to a lot of mm-hmm. people. So what does that look like? Yeah. You know, it's just giving examples of foods you need to eat. But really, it's coming down to is there a good source of protein at each meal and snack you're having? And if you're hitting that, tar- if you're if you can say at the end of the day that there was a good source of protein at each of those meals, you know, you'll, you won't be far away from your target. Yeah, great advice, fantastic. Um, let's talk about you for a second. I'm kind of fascinated. Yeah. I follow you online. That's how we came across you and asked you, you know, Dara, my producer, asked you to come in and, and chat to us on the podcast. Um, where did your own interest in nutrition and health and kind of helping people eat better, where did that come from? Um, like, I suppose I've always been, from a young age, like, loved sport, loved training. and I was really interested in that side of things. And so it was like a lot of young lads. I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I was in, in school, but I knew I had an interest in those areas. So I went and studied health science and physiology. And really, after doing that or while I was doing that, I kind of the couple of modules that were related to nutrition and health were something that really appealed to me because it was an area that was growing. Like there was research there, but it wasn't, I suppose it wasn't in the public eye as much as it was. Social media wasn't what it is today. Um, so it was just an area I had a massive interest in. And decided then I'd want to study it further and do my master's up in, in Jordanstown. Um, it was from there really that, you know, I decided I this is what I want to do. I want to, first of all, my interest and, you know, desire was to work in the nutrition related area. And secondly, I just wanted to be working with people. Do you know, I think that was the main driver to, to kind of start my own business and go out on my own. So that's really where it came from. And it's just grown from strength to strength. And it's something that like, you'd be learning for a lifetime trying to learn everything so it, I, lo- I love it like I love the, the different parts of it and different scenarios You mentioned social media there is that a help or hindrance in your opinion when it comes to nutritional education for people? I think it can be a bit of both because there's so much mixed um, you know messages out there to people and like you know for every post you'd see in favour of something you'd find one in, you know that would go against it so I think it's really just about who you're following um, and trying to be as evidence-based as possible. Like uh, I try and use a lot of my social media stuff and the bit of a following I, I would have through the football, like really just to educate the people out there, educate the young lads. I get a lot of questions off young GA players, which is brilliant because uh, like if I knew back then what I know now, I would have made some massive, massive like you know changes and, and stuff. So I try to use it in that way to educate as many people as I can, but yet make it simple, make it accessible to people that, right, you know, if I have a busy day, busy lifestyle, that these are quick things that I can do. These are quick meals. This is what it should look like. With the clients that you work with, what are the, the, the main issues that you see? Um, I'm sure they represent what a lot of a lot of our listeners are going through. So what, what do you see on the ground level? Yeah, I suppose like the couple of main ones I'd have would be to do with portion sizes, firstly. Um, I think what people think they're doing and the reality of what they're actually doing are very, very different. Um, you know, so that's something I'd work very closely with, uh, with anybody I work with. I think it comes down to the accountability um, that are involved in my programs and 
you know, the check, the weekly check-ins that I'd have with people so that, say, if somebody's on a six-week or a 12-week program, that by the end of it, the goal is that they will have some practical feedback that's related to exactly what they've been doing. So it, it's nearly like an education process. So, right, we start we start off at one place, but the aim is to get you to where you want to be after a period of time, but getting there the right way. Okay, that's, good. That's, that's the big kind of message I'd have for people. Um, other things like... Meal timings, you know, you might have somebody to have breakfast at eight or nine o'clock, seven o'clock maybe. And then they mightn't eat until, depending on their job, their schedule, you know, lifestyle commitments, they mightn't eat for a massive period of the day. And then that just leads to poor decision making. You know, you're tired, you're reaching for convenience foods, the quick option, and you end up overeating on a lot of these, these sorts of meals. So it's just really the consistency, being able to do things, you know, consistently. These are the couple of areas I'm working on and nailing them. That's really the big message. You make it sound lovely and easy, yeah. which, is, which, which is fantastic for it. Because as a podcast, that's what we try and do for our listeners. And we make it sound, no matter what the topic is, that we make it sound simple, easy, doable, achievable. And you're, you're doing all of those things. Um, so I suppose the tips there, they're, you know, they're, they're very much aimed at people who might be starting out from a, a, you know, a reasonably low base or going from unhealthy to trying to be healthier, getting your portion size, your accountability, your timing. People who are exercising a little bit more, saying like a mar- some of training for marathon or triathlons are really, you know, um, are really uh, in vogue. Or also people just going to the gym mm-hmm. a lot, doing like split sessions every every day, every second day, which is really common now. Yeah. Um, what principles or tips would you have for them? Um, I, I do advise people to track what they're doing, even if it's only for a small period of time. First of all, it's, it's a great way of educating yourself on, on your intake. But when you even just journaling things, keeping a track of it that way, especially your times, you know, meal timings, especially people doing a lot of exercise can really impact performance. So it's something that I would have done quite a bit myself starting out. And it's something that I recommend to a lot of people is that basically just keeping a food diary, especially around times of performance. So if you have an event coming up, you keep a bit of a diary and you also keep a note of how you felt on in that training or in that event. It basically just helps them build their own kind of routine because everybody is going to be different at the end of the day. So what works for me and you might not work for somebody else. So it's really just, and once it's written down and there's evidence of it, you know, you can go back to it, you can look at it and say, this is what worked for me that day. This is how I felt. These were my times, my performance. And it's just really helps build that that routine pre, pre-game or pre-event. Okay, I think that's one be- thing people generally don't do is is the, the feeling of, of how they felt mm. You know, post yeah. session because it's your fuel beforehand that's going to drive that. Exactly, drive yeah. a huge, yeah. a huge component of it, which is really clever. The other thing will be to do with hydration. It's it's so often overlooked, um, and it's such a small, it's it's a small enough area, but it's very like it, it it's hard. You know, it's very easy sometimes to forget about it if you know, if you know what I mean. Um, so the the recommendation there will be thirty five mil of water per kg of body weight. I like it. Yeah. And, what, and in terms of people knowing if they're hydrated or dehydrated, what can they look for? I suppose the urine colour um, is probably the most the, the most commonly used one. Uh, again, with this, just be careful. If somebody was taking some sort of medication or a multivitamin even, it, that can affect... Of course, multivitamins the classic one. Exactly. Isn't it? Where yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. There are several which of, whose names we won't mention on the podcast, where if you take it and your urine is literally glowing orange slash yellow slash whatever and you can see that you're just urinating and is that true in terms of actually on that point or is that is it a false myth 
that by taking supplements that you you urinate a huge amount of the of the the, the actual supplementation out. It can be it, like it definitely affects the color, obviously. And at the end of the day, we only our body's only going to use what it needs. So anything extra is just going to be excreted that way. Yeah. That's so just yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, poli yeah. the politicians answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other couple of small tips yeah, I suppose great. I'd have would be trying to cook for yourself and do your own shopping as much as as much as possible. Um, they're two very, very small things, but can have a massive impact. If you get into a good routine every week or a couple of times a week of going to the shop and getting healthy foods, less processed foods, cooking for yourself, you're going to be in a much, much better routine and definitely your intake is going to improve massively. Just the quick point that I get a lot about people saying, geez, I'm doing my own shopping a lot, but, you know, they're still not getting the right things. So I've had a couple of things, people that have found benefit from this small little change of just not doing your food shopping when you're hungry. Oh, yeah. Classic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just don't do it because I know myself even anything could end up in the basket. And if it's in the drawer at home, it'll be eaten. So that's just a small tip to... Great, yeah, good to know. Folks, you are listening to The Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Healthcare with me, Carl Henry. We have Mayo's Evan Regan here in studio with us today, giving us lots of really simple tips for those of you starting out, for those of you uh, in terms of advanced training, in terms of nutrition, um, and, you know, who else better to get it for... Who else better to get it from than an inter-county player? Um, let's talk about mindset, then, when it comes to food. Uh, a kind of mindful eating and slowing down the eating process. Is that as, as important as people say it is? I think it definitely is in terms of the amount of food you're going to consume. Like something I do myself now and, and I had to be trained into it was after every, if I you know take a bite of food, I put down my knife and fork and just chew and like, you know, take it easy, take my time. It's not a race. Um, and it's something that, you know, I've noticed a, a big difference, I suppose, in, my own, in myself. Um, whereas beforehand when there was no none of that, those sort of things in place that, you know, it was just, I was eating as much as I could, as fast as I could. Um, so yeah, it's a brilliant way of slowing yourself down, listening to your body, realizing when you're full, I suppose, yeah, just to, to stop the overeating and overconsuming of stuff. And it, you can end up feeling really bloated after if you eat really quickly, um, which is what you want to avoid. You don't want to be, have that feeling after a meal. So yeah, it's very important just to take your time, enjoy it, Chew your food. Yeah. yeah, knife and fork down is really good. Exactly. Yeah, um, when I knew you were coming in, I had a look back over a lot of the questions that we've been getting in over the p past couple of kind of months on the podcast. And we have loads of food related ones. So I thought I'd pick, uh, use them for yourself and pick your brains on them. One that we've had a couple of times was uh, people emailing in about prebiotics and probiotics and if they're important or not important in, for the average person. Mm. What's, your, what's your thoughts on that? I'd have a strong kind of like food first approach to everything. Like I don't think... You know, unless your diet is very poor, you don't have, you have things you may be allergic to or you just cannot cannot eat, potentially you might need to look into getting a prebiotic or a probiotic. But you should be able to get everything you need from food first approach. Um, as, as long as, I suppose it's something that I promote a lot with the people I work with is the variety. If you have variety in your meals and they're colourful, you're going to be hitting a lot of your targets. You know, so I think that... If, if your meals aren't, if they're very predictable, the same sort of things, too much of, of one certain type of food and not enough fruits, veggies, you know, whole grains, you're going to, you know, you could be at risk of, of you know, negative effects of, in terms of your digestion, and metabolism, stomach, all that. So Great. Yeah. Um, the next one, again, we get asked a huge one is supplements, pre-workout supplements and post-workout supplements. 
Give us your opinion on that. Yeah, again, very similar to to the first answer there, I suppose. Um, Like, don't get me wrong, supplementing, depending on your situation, your sport, your goal, your body size, there's so many things that can have, um, I suppose, will determine whether or not you need to supplement. Pre-workout, not something we really need. cup of coffee is, is going to give you what you need what you need there anyway uh, so you probably don't need to be having you know pre-workouts in terms of whey protein and creatine again as i said all depends on certain client specific kind of stuff but personally um depending on training load and time of the year my goal yeah there are things i would use if i'm not say if I'm, I'm busy with work or i was away in college or just on the go there can be easy ways to to hit that protein target but Again, it's not something that you massively need to be focusing on. I think the fir- food first approach is it should be the, the key, trying to get as much as you can through your food. And, you know, if you do need the extra bit of protein at certain times of the year, then, yeah, you can supplement. Great. Um, next question we get asked a lot is recovery foods, the top foods for recovery after a workout. Yeah, so your really good protein sources are the, the key for post-workout to, I suppose, repair the, the muscle damage that you've induced through your workouts and to promote muscle growth. Um, you know, that combined with a good source of carbohydrate as well to help, you know, speed up that recovery process is um, is, is very important. So they're the, the two keys. Things like, you know, salmon, other types of fish, chicken, turkey breast, um, tuna, like there's all that sort of stuff. Combining that with, you know, your sweet potato, any, you know, regular potato, even rice, pasta, um, things like that, yeah. So that's that's the key, really. And they like to chocolate milks and, and and milks as good as people saying they are. They are like the you know I suppose your milk and chocolate milk recovery things like that are are brilliant post workout. You know they have everything you need. They have your source of your fluid for hydration, your electrolytes, um, carbohydrate source, and obviously the protein. So they are a very very good option, and it's a quick, easy, and cheap way of recovering post workout. Yeah, great. Um, one we get asked a huge amount is uh, food intolerance. Where do people... So there's a huge misconception, I think, around where people actually go for advice around recognising if you have an intolerance. And, and A, what are the symptoms or the signs of, of, of it? And B, where should people go to, to, to get checked if they have it or not? Yeah, like um, I suppose IBS or irritable bowel syndrome would be a big one. Um, I think people kind of know themselves, you know, how they feel inside. And, it, it, you know, if, if you're noticing a pattern of, you know, I ate this and I didn't feel that well after it, maybe, it, again, it comes down to the journaling. If you can keep a track of, say, I'm not feeling well, this has been going on for a while, what am I actually eating? Keeping track of what you're eating and then you might be able to narrow it down uh, yourself. I suppose a registered dietitian would be the, the best way to go in terms of really kind of treating if there is something wrong or find out if there is something wrong going on wrong inside yeah so um that'd be the best way to go about it great uh, and a uh, final question from our listeners is around alcohol yeah yeah uh and alcohol and kind of and, and sport or alcohol and weight or alcohol and, and, and health uh it's very calorific mm. and yeah. people forget about it because they're liquid calories obviously yeah yeah um and I suppose options for a night, if people are going on a night out, what are the, the better options people better, should be drinking? Yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose the better options would probably be the likes of uh, a vodka or a gin and tonic water or soda water and lime. They're probably your two best options. Um, there really is no drink that you know <laughs> is the best option. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of everything in moderation, really. It's, 
you know, cutting down when you need to cut down and just being mindful when you are going out, if you're planning an event or there's something on that you have to go to and you will be consuming alcohol at this, whether you increase your exercise coming up to that time, um, it's just a good way of kind of creating a bit of an allowance there or a bit of more of a cushion. Um, but yeah. How, how calorific are points? Yeah, they'd Roughly. be. Roughly. <laughs> it can range, I suppose, depends on, um, you know, you'll be talking a couple of hundred. Yeah. Which can add up. I know oh, yeah. I have a friend who can, he could easily put away 15 points in yeah, the night out. That's you're it. You're talking that's a full three, three and a half thousand calories from just alcohol. That could be nearly his two days, yeah. And yeah. Can, I, can, I, can I say, listeners, that is not me on a night out. <laughs> I get a sniff of alcohol and I'm generally, a ch- and he wants some, I'm a very cheap date uh, for, on a night out to say the least, but he can drink a huge amount. And that, that's a, yeah. So I'm, I suppose the, it's not just the calories and the alcohol, it's the day after. It is, yeah. It's the knock on effects, really, that are, that are you know, it, it one comes with the other for a lot of people. Um, it just leads to poor decision making, but it's it's something that people just have to try and be mindful of as much as possible. Um, and as I said, you know, if you have something coming up, trying to be as prepared as you as you possibly can for the next day. Leaving, you know, a, you have a two liter water or bottle of water in the fridge for when you come home, or there's a food shop done. So the next day, this you know your decision making is, you know, it gives yourself the best chance of making a better decision. Really, um, yeah. So I suppose your your tips are they're really simple. They, yeah. they work, uh, which is fantastic. And I think our listeners will gain a huge amount from the tips that you've, mm. g- that you've given us so far. If people want to learn more about you or follow you, uh, by the way, earlier on you said you, you've a few, you've, you've some following on Instagram. Yeah. You're, you're nearly 8,000, I think, the last yeah. time I checked. So yeah. You have a massive following. Yeah. And your, your posts are, they're really educational. They're really simple. Um, that's how I came across. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Somebody recommended you meet me to your page. Um so you you know you have a big following. Um, <laughs> where right, can people yeah. find out if, if more about you? Um, I suppose I'd be act very active on Instagram. So just at Evan Regan Nutrition. Um, also my website evanreganutrition.com. It has all my, my information on the programs and the work I have available. Um, so you can inquire through the website or direct message. And it's Evan Regan Nutrition at Facebook as well. So whichever whichever is handiest there, that you can follow. And I try to, as I said, I try to make the. The posts and the information is as user friendly and practical as possible. So, um, so yeah. if you're looking for good nutrition advice on Instagram, Evan is the is the man to follow. Evan, thank you so much for coming in to the Real Health Podcast me. today and staying up uh, over the course of the weekend after a very tough day in Croke mm-hmm. Park on Saturday, folks. As ever, you are listening to the Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Healthcare with me, Carl Henry. We are getting very, 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 very close to our 1.5 millionth. Uh, listen, which makes you very proud and very excited and very giddy. Uh, and as part of that process, I thought I would be uh, really, really nice and do a little giveaway to celebrate the fact that we're getting close to that benchmark. Uh, I'm going to give, give away five copies of my latest book, uh, my uh, Healthy Living Handbook. And in order to win a copy, it's pretty simple, actually. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, you're halfway there. So I want you to listen to the podcast, to rate and review on any of the platforms that you listen on. And uh, we'll go through those over the course of the next week or so. And we'll put the five books in the post. As ever, if you have any questions, we answered a few of them today that you've been sending in. We will put them to guests when the guests, the right guests come in. It's realhealth at independent.ie. It's at carlhenrypt on Twitter and on Instagram. And uh, above all, have the most wonderful week. Uh, apply those principles. They're really simple. They will work. Uh, and they're coming from an inter-county player. Who better to give you the advice than someone who plays at such a high level? Have a great week and we'll see you again soon. Slonga Paul. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry.